0: And thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release show. My name is Sam Moses, and I am with my good friend, Matthew Garber, who is also a mastering engineer. And today we want to talk to you about whether or not you should let a auto mastering service master your mixes. And we will also talk about whether or not you should let a robot master your mix. So this episode is going to be fun fun. And I am ready to dive into it. Are you ready, Matthew? Oh, oh yes. This will be this will be a good one.
1: So, Sam, we have as of recent years, you have uh, algorithmic mastering services, and I kind of don't think I know all of them that are out there. I'm was really just familiar. Yeah, there's with, a lot now. I was just really familiar with Lander, and yeah. then uh, who is it? There were a couple of people on a mastering forum talking about. Like all these other ones and they didn't yeah. shoot out and all yep. this stuff. And I was like, what are what is all of this? Yeah. So I, I honestly haven't really been even paying attention to it. Just really I was just cognizant that it was there. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> so what are your what are your thoughts on all of this?
0: Okay. So let's try to unpack this. There's like there's probably like eight companies at this point that do it. And for those that aren't familiar, it's where you upload your mix to a website and then it automatically masters your song based on um, you know an algorithm, a code, whatever you want to call it. Um, the Aria AutoMaster supposedly has a robot arm that makes adjustments on real analog gear, uh, <laughs> which is just hilarious.
1: That's um, crazy.
0: Yeah, and the stuff doesn't sound that great to me, and most people agree. If you look at it at how people you know in blind tests. But, um, essentially, I don't the main issue I have with auto mastering services um, is mainly that they don't know how to listen. And by that, I mean, they don't know the difference between instruments, meaning like they may not know what they can understand and read a frequency that shows like low end. But they don't know if it's a kick drum, a bass drum, or the extension of a guitar, mm-hmm. um, and so that's a big issue with mastering. You're you're listening to all, you know, the performance. You're you're listening to what was recorded, and you're listening to what the mix engineer did. And to make your master um, great and translate everywhere, I think the main thing, one of the main things, is being able to. Um, you know, shape the song as a whole, but within that you're shaping, you know what goes into the song. So mm-hmm. you know, we can make the kick drum feel punchier. We can make the bass and kick have a better relationship. We can make that vocal um, be brighter, crisper, farther back, closer up. We can make the guitars or the cool synths come out you know more on the sides. We can make it feel like a warm, big hug, you know, that people kind of describe mastering doing. Um, we can do all those things only because we know what we're listening for individually with instruments, and then we know where the song needs to go, and that dictates the tools to use. Mm-hmm. So with auto mastering, all it's doing is reading an overall frequency and then adjusting big broad strokes, or maybe even surgical, you know, cuts. I don't know how what all happens. Well, we'll never know. We'll never know, but it's basing it off of, you know compiling millions of songs and kind of copying EQ curves, which mm-hmm. if you've ever tried to do this in real life, which I've done just for fun when I started, I would look at EQ curves of commercial, you know, commercially released songs that are popular. I would pull up a mix and I just have everything on mute, and I would, you can do in logic like an EQ copy or a match EQ, or you can just do it manually and try to match the EQ curve, you know, of a hit song. So, like, the mix I'm working on has the exact same curve and the exact same bumps, you know, of this hit Katy Perry song. Um, And then when I unmute it, the song I'm working on sounds terrible. Even though (laughs) on, you know, the meters, it's identical, and on the frequency analysis, it's identical. And everything on paper and everything a robot or an algorithm is telling me says this is how it should look and these are the numbers it should be hitting because this is what we've called a hit song and so you should be good to go Mm -hmm. but in reality the song sounds terrible because you know I didn't listen you know and Mm. that's if you listen back to auto mastering stuff it really does sound like um, it's not great Uh, it sounds like it just moved big broad strokes up and down Um, to mimic, you know, all the songs it's copied, and you get back something that sounds different, which I think for a lot of people, they don't know the difference between um, different and better. Um, Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, when they hear something different, they've been hearing their mix one way for so long that when it's just slightly adjusted, even if you just made it louder, they are automatically thinking, oh, this must be better, you know, just Mm because it's different and it's more exciting, and that's how our brains and ears work. Um, so that's like number one thing with auto mastering is it's not listening to your song. It doesn't know what a kick drum is, and it doesn't know what a bass drum is, and it doesn't know what a snare is, and it doesn't know the difference between your vocal sibilance and hi-hats. Like, it doesn't know any of that, and so it can't, you know, it can't adjust that. Um, so that's like number one issue with auto mastering and why, you know, you shouldn't use it. Um it could be a useful tool to potentially, and I don't even, I kind of cringe saying this, potentially hearing what your song may sound like mastered if you gave it to an actual engineer, but even then, I feel like it's doing it such an injustice um, that it's just, you're better off, like, you know, throwing your own L2 on at home to hear what stuff sounds smashed, you know, taking a few dB off and how that's going to impact a mix, you know, when it hits mastering. Um. But that's my. Plus, un- you gotta pay
1: a subscription
0: to hear what it
1: might sound like.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to do a subscription, or you can do. You know, the other issue I have with online mastering is, like with Lander, like they'll give back MP3s, and basically their their highest, you know, professional gold standard. Uh, I think they call it gold standard, which I don't even know mm-hmm. what that means. Um, they call that um, basically giving you a WAV file. <laughs> you know, a high-quality file. Hmm. And mastering, we only work in the highest quality. You know, if you're not working in the highest quality, if you're sending back an MP3, you're you're automatically giving yourself a lesser product. And for the majority of people that use well, Lender... I mean,
1: I mean, could you imagine, like, it, asking for an MP3 back and then that's right. what they're uploading to Spotify or right. something like that? Yeah.
0: That's what a lot of people do because they don't want to pay the extra 5 bucks a month to get the gold standard professional <laughs> Wave five. So then you're making an MP3 out of an MP3. Correct.
1: Or does Spotify check if it's an MP3 before it
0: uploads? Or? Well, if you're using TuneCore or whoever your distributor is, they're probably not even accepting MP3s. So that mm. was my other big issue is like <coughs> most of these companies are giving you files back that you could only use on, say, like SoundCloud yeah. or mainly SoundCloud or like third-party kind of sites like that where it's not regulated. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's like the big issue with it is they're not giving you everything you need to do a proper release. And it's a disservice to you and your product um, because it's just, it's like getting, you know, 80% of what you need and they're telling you that actually we're giving you everything you need. And it's a lie. It's literally not true. Um, And I think that's my biggest issue with all of this is they're claiming to, you know, to be mastering and giving you a professional master that's ready for release. And in reality, they really are not. You know, they Mm -hmm. don't make DDPs, so you can't make a CD out of it. They don't embed codes, which are necessary still. Um, They don't do album sequencing, which is part of mastering. So, like, and they don't listen. Once again, they're not listening. (laughs) It's... It's not listening to your music, which should, to me, like as an artist, you know, this is kind of the funny thing with mastering and even most people don't put mastering in their budget for some reason, or they yeah. think they should be able to name the price for mastering because they think they're just uneducated. They don't understand it and they don't understand how important it is. But with like an artist, you know, they'll like... They'll talk about the way a mix sounds and how it's not hitting right or, you know, it's not correct. And then they'll go use an auto mastering service, you know, and it's just kind of like, dude. What were
1: you expecting?
0: Yeah, you were like nitpicking over like one snare hit, you know, on beat four of measure whatever on two minutes and 30 seconds. Like, you know, you went over and over with that with the mix engineer and how it was hitting, And then after you get your mixes done, you're just like, well, I guess I'll just let this random online algorithm decide what else is good for my song. Like, (laughs) I don't understand that logic. Like, it doesn't work for me. As an artist, I would be absolutely terrified to just give my mix to a auto-mastering, you know, website and think that that auto-mastering website knows what's best for the song. Um, I'm not going to say that everybody does that, or not even
1: close to everybody does this, but... I have seen this before, and it's really, really dirty. What? To where you have uh, a producer who, I coin a producer kind of being like a building contractor. Yeah. And then, and granted, you can have a producer be the track engineer, the mixing engineer, et cetera. Yeah. Um, But what I view it as is you have the producer who's the head of the project, and they oversee it, and they can impart whatever they want on it. Yeah make the decisions that they want per what the client's requesting. Yeah. And then they hire out subs right, to do stuff, uh, whether it's... And they might they might track some of the stuff you can do in a smaller room, but it's like, okay, we're going to go rent out this room and use it as a drum room, and we're going to go on this day, and we're going to go uh, do this, and then I have this mix engineer. I have time blocked off with him, and then once he's done, I have this mastering engineer booked, yeah, and... Uh, In between each one, we're going to have a set amount of time for revision. And granted, there's a lot more that goes into it, but um, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. So I've seen some producers, which they normally may or may not have a mastering budget. Yeah. They'll go ahead and they'll throw it through Lander. Yeah. And they'll tell the guy that they got so-and-so out of Nashville to do the mastering. Oh, my
0: God. Gosh,
1: you've never seen this before? No, I've seen it a couple times, Uh, and it's and it's it's like something to where you have to know that it's happening. Yeah, and yeah, and so essentially they keep the mastering budget. Yeah, so or you have a producer who is trying is saying that they're negotiating on behalf of the client for the mastering budget. Mm. And it's like I don't I don't mind doing deals every now and then. It's like if you have a really like big project, yeah. I'll 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 work with you on stuff and yeah. um but it's I know these producers who will and I'm 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 about to not do work with them anymore <laughs> who will negotiate a mastering budget. Say you do like 10 songs, you get one free or something like yeah. that. Well, the artist isn't saving that money. Yeah. It's the producer who's not paying forward that money. Yeah. And they're just putting it in their pocket. Yeah. So just like stuff that you have to watch out for. And I'm not saying that everybody's like that. I'm saying this is like a very like specific group of people. uh, And a very small percentage. Uh, Most uh, producers and whatnot that I work with are absolutely phenomenal people.
0: Yeah. So... Yeah, I but mean, I, back- I know of, like, mix engineers who, you know, will talk about budget stuff, and I'll give them my rate, and they'll be like, ah, oh, it's just not there, and it's, like, way too low where I just can't do it. Yeah. And then the mix engineer just tells our just like, oh, I'll do it for that rate. You know, I can master it, actually. You know, or they'll say, oh, Sam was busy. Like, he doesn't have time. Like, oh, I, yikes. I literally, I've been in that situation a few times. So, once again, like, you can do that, but you shouldn't. Like, if you care about your music and your end product, you know, you shouldn't do that. And as a mix engineer, you shouldn't do that either. Like
1: The main point that I was trying to make, though, with all yeah. of it is for the artist, don't be afraid to be a little bit more hands-on. Yeah. And to actually have a dialogue with the mastering engineer. And yeah. Like, you, you've been there for the whole process. Right. And this is your dream that is, like, coming to light. I mean, yeah. it. there's nothing wrong with just sitting down for 30, 45 minutes, whether it's, like, in person over coffee or yeah. FaceTime or Skype or something like that. And, like, it's, like, let's just lay all this down, like, yeah. lay out the history of this. So it's, yeah. like, as I'm going through this, it's, like, I know where to put emphasis in, yeah. like, this whole thing. I mean, a- every time I do that, it's it's fantastic and everyone's totally. super happy. Yeah. So back on, to, back on to Lander, though. Yeah. <clears throat> so in a previous life, I was a pilot. Yes. And... Uh, I wanted to go into the Air Force and everything else. Then you had the yeah. whole economy tanking and everything. Yeah. And, uh, it just didn't happen and they weren't hiring yeah. at that time. So there was always this whole thing. Uh, and it, It's funny because it's kind of followed me in whatever profession I've really wanted to go in. And yeah. that all the way back then, like when I was a teenager with my pilot's license and then going into college, there was the whole... Controversy and everything about like UAVs and drones coming out, yeah, and replacing the pilot, yeah, and that was the that was the conversation and the dialogue there. And everyone's like, "Well, what do you think about drones? What do you think about uh, UAVs and yeah. all this other stuff?" When it's kind of like as it's developed, and I and I see this the same for uh, I just titled it "Algorithmic Mastering Services." Yeah. Uh, I, I I see a parallel because and well and where I've seen the whole pilot versus drone argument go, or let's just call it a dialogue. Yeah, where I've seen that go is drones have a very specific place. Yeah, and it's in all honesty probably a place where pilots really wouldn't want to be. Yeah, and you can put a drone over wherever you want, whether it's right or wrong, right in anyone's opinion, uh, a military or whoever can do yeah. that for however long of a period of time need be and do whatever that faction believes to be the best for their cause. Yeah. Um and if something happens to that drone, there's no casualty yeah. uh besides the drone. Right. And there's minimal money lost as well as with the pilot, it's more um I'm not going to say it's any more or less uh quote-unquote mission critical. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but it's normally like you're gonna kind of like nickel and dime the time that you're gonna be using them. It's like, okay, we need this uh, tank or whatever flown in here. We need yeah. uh, like an airstrike here or something like that. Yeah, and that was that was always the conversation: is will drones replace that? And right, uh, in some cases, yes, but in a bunch of cases, and in terms of uh, like supporting like troops on the ground and everything else, no, it's it's not. Or yeah. Just being like the heavy movers and whatnot in the right. military. Moving cargo, moving people. Right. I mean, drones, I'd, who knows, maybe one day they will. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think that we'll see a future to where you hop onto an airline and there's not a pilot on it.
0: Yeah.
1: Or perhaps there's one as like a safety backup. Right. But I, I think that day's coming. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? Elon Musk is launching people into space and <laughs> <Right>. where he's <laughs> wanted to launch people into space. And he said yeah. a couple months ago that uh, he sees... Uh, a world where you can do a flight from New York to Shanghai in thirty nine minutes. Yeah, at seventeen thousand five hundred miles per hour. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. I go to China once a year. That'd be that'd be great. That'd be lovely. A, it beats sixteen hours sitting in a plane. Totally. So, so yeah, it's like I, I, everything has its place. Right. In, in that world. Yeah. I see automated mastering uh, in that light as well. Yeah. I think the people that, as they get more serious with their work, they're gonna want a true set of ears on it, yeah. and more nonetheless, they're gonna want uh, a human reaction to it. Totally, yeah. They're gonna want like that emotion behind it, right? And whatever that mastering engineer does, it's gonna be his emotion behind that. Yeah. So good or bad, right? So, and I think ultimately that's what you're paying for. You said. That these services don't listen, right? Um, they don't. They analyze, right. and I mean, I mean, that's fine. And if <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm not downing it because I believe it has its place. Uh, whether you believe it's good or bad, uh, you have a uh, a guy who's starting out a DJ. Who he's putting out... I, I don't even know how quick you can put out a beat or how many you can put out per week. Let's yeah. say he's putting out 10 a week. I don't know. He doesn't have a job or something. <laughs> I I, I, don't know how, I don't know how long it takes to put out a beat. Right. Um, you can put one out pretty quick. Cool. So, so, yeah, he puts out tons of these a week, and he's getting known, and he's hopping on... like He's, he's now the, the background music on Casey Neistat videos and stuff. Yeah. And, People are blowing up his SoundCloud and he's getting known, and now he's yeah. like doing cinematic stuff as well. And I mean, I mean, it's 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 a good business to be in. There's there's right. a like there's a business model there. Yeah. Um, and maybe their turnaround time is so fast and their budget is so low they can't afford a mastering engineer. Right. To which then yeah use the free automated service or if you can pay whatever the sp- subscription is per month. Go ahead and do that, and you can have your quote unquote master as soon as you need it. Yeah, Um, it's just going to be louder, and like maybe a couple things will be different. But I mean, it's very subjective at that point as to what defines like mastering and what defines like what is better. But, um, but to them, sure, go ahead and do that. But I think as people get further along in their career, they'll eventually hit a point to where this is no longer acceptable for the quality yeah. of work that I'm doing. And I think that you'll evolve to actually wanting to have a dialogue with somebody as opposed to a website with no phone number to talk to whoever the, or whatever the hell is mastering, quote unquote, your your music. Yeah, And you're going to want to say, hey, this is kind of what I was going after with this. And this is kind of the way I want this to go. Right. And I mean, there's a dialogue there. There's a motion that's happening behind that. Right. Um... So, I mean, that's. Oh, no, that that that's where I stand on this, and I think that answers the questions of, should it be considered mastering? But in 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 my mind, I, th- to the full extent, no, I don't think this is considered mastering. I think, like you said, you need a DDP, you need, um, code codes being embedded. You have metadata. Yeah. And it's like it's like there's so many other things that need to happen. Granted, if you wanted to, you can edit this part out, Sam. You yeah. You edit this. <laughs> But it's like, if technically they wanted to make it better, why don't you just put it so you can put metadata in it and that you right. can print a DDP from it and that you can do like where you want your songs and everything and the space between songs. I mean, you get closer to doing what a mastering engineer oh, does. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I don't know. I, I actually have no idea why they don't do that because that software would be a hell of a lot easier to write than an algorithm oh, I know. that listens to music. <laughs> Yeah. Then like a, a then
0: an apparent machine learning algorithm. Yeah, I think you know, I think they don't have that because they're not going after that consumer. Like yeah. the person who's gonna do auto mastering probably doesn't even know what a DDP is. They don't even know what sequencing is. They're yeah. probably releasing a single on SoundCloud or on Spotify, and they're probably just getting started. Kind of like you're saying where it has its place of like yeah sure, it's fun and, you know, Lander's big thing and all of them are, like, you know, professional sound for cheap and instant. And it's like, sure, you can call it professional, just like I could put out a book today and say I'm a professional author, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you can say that, and that's part of the issue I have with, like, the internet, you know, and business stuff is you can make a website in 10 minutes and claim you're an expert on something. You're now um, the authority and yeah. field... And uh, you know that's what I see these auto mastering companies do. Um, and I think I think the other big issue I have with auto mastering is that the uh, the industry itself is starting to embrace it. Um, some of the big guys like um, you know Pensado's place is sponsored by Lander, um, and Pensado's place is one of the most watched uh, you know mixing, engineering, production. And I love what they do in Pensado's place. I've been watching for years. But they've started to allow these companies to sponsor them that, you know, they claim they support or are great. But none of the guys on Pensado Place will ever they use Automaster. Yeah, they won't use Lander. They're laughing at it, you know, but just follow the paycheck for that, you know, the money. Like, yeah. they're doing it for the money and for, you know. And so I guess I understand that, but it's just it's frustrating to see... Um, You know, it feels like a losing battle where the industry is, like, really uh, scrambling for money when they're, you know, being sponsored by a company that you know at the end of the day they want nothing to do with. They're not going to be using. Yeah, and they might as well. I mean, the funny thing is, like, Pensado's place, they do Pensado Awards, you know, and mastering is one of the the categories each year. And it's like, are they going to start including Lander and all these auto mastering companies that they're (laughs) sponsored by? Like... Yeah. To be considered like best matching. One of their sponsors starts winning awards. Yeah, by lander. Like, hell no. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. <laughs> like, they're gonna give it to a human every
1: time. And well, that's uh, back
0: when I used to run
1: the cigar store. There's this magazine called Cigar Aficionado. And yeah. I would always say that. I mean, I mean in and, and, and they come out with this top twenty-five list. Yeah. And at the end of the year, the top twenty-five cigars, uh, Cuban and like domestic to America, yeah, and whatnot, uh, twenty-five best cigars in the world. Yeah. And you can just tell that there's some cigars on there, if like you have any knowledge that they deserve no spot on that list, let yeah. alone the ranking that they have. Yeah. And it's like you just question a lot of times. It's like, what does it take to buy that spot? Totally. Like, in my opinion, number one is not like number one is not a bot spot. You're right. But number three, it still looks pretty good. You're still <laughs> right. right next to number one, pretty yeah. close to two. Yeah. I mean or right yeah. next to two, pretty close to one. Right. It's like there's 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 no reason why you should even be close. Yeah. So so yeah, and it's like none of the none of these guys who rate these cigars like, you just kind of look at him. you're like, you wouldn't, you don't smoke, you don't like, you open up your humidor, it's like, you don't have the cigar, you are yeah. sitting in your humidor. You're not yeah. like, oh, I can't wait till this gets a couple years of age on it. It's like, <laughs> why, it might not taste like a dog rocket then? It's like, <laughs> like, that's the only reason you might have it there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, in in my opinion, that's kind of like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just, you know, it's. To me, it's just misleading people. And it's setting people up to be disappointed, I think, because um, their music could be better and the song yeah. could be more imp- impactful and the story they're trying to tell could reach more people and translate better. Um, and that's really important to me, I feel like, still with the way it sounds on a laptop and earbuds and car and you know the way people consume music. Um, and these auto-mastering services are unaware of that like when you use an auto mastering service you're essentially saying like I'm I don't want the best in product you know for myself and yeah. I understand like budget you know okay you don't have the money that's fine I guess that's fine but once again like if you're not willing if music's something you want to do professionally or like make a career out of it and you can't save up you know say $1000 for 10 songs if you're not even willing to put $1,000 into, like, your career, then you're not serious about it. Like, that's just mm-hmm. how it is. Like, I I used to, like, have a lot of sympathy with that. Um, and I do, like, I understand money. Like, it's tight and, you know. Everyone's tight. It can, yeah. It, well, it can be tight and it cannot be tight if you budget right, you know, and you're mm-hmm. realistic and, like, I want to be a professional musician, so I should probably work with professionals. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that makes sense. And, oh, I want to make a professional amount of money, so I may have to pay a professional amount of money to get a product done. Like, that's Mm -hmm. where I think, for me, a lot of the disconnect is happening, and this is like a whole other podcast, but it's, you know, it's people thinking they deserve or they're entitled to a professional product for next to nothing, um, and they think then they should be able to take that product and make a professional living off of it or a career off of it that pays their bills and sets them up for life and covers retirement and everything they ever want, you know. Um, and that's just a that's just a bad way to approach life and a bad way to approach a product. Um, I just went into
1: our podcast topic list and I added that for you. Excellent. In case you
0: heard typing No I didn't people entitled to professional product. There you go. That'll be an episode. Um, there you go. But yeah, you know it's just it's just like if you wanna if you wanna be a, a kind of a hobbyist and an amateur you know, then you'll use, you know, just whatever, and you'll use uh, an auto mastering thing right now. I think,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that doesn't mean auto mastering doesn't do something good. It's not all bad, and maybe the technology will be there one day. I'm not sure. I think we're far off from it, um, but I just, you know, if you think if you think about the top albums that are out consistently, um, none of them have been auto mastered. You know. Mm -hmm. Like, they just haven't. They've all been pretty much done by the top of the industry people. So you're Um, saying
1: that Lander is not currently on the Grammy-nominated list?
0: No, Lander's not anywhere on that. Um, They're not anywhere on Billboard. They're not anywhere, any charts of of the year, except maybe for, like, a SoundCloud. I don't even know (laughs) that. I can't even, you know, I don't have the data for that. But I know they're not on any list that the industry cares about. (laughs) So, Mm, you know, I think it's just, it's that, you know, right now that's where we're at. Maybe Lander in 10 years is like, oh my gosh, it's so good. And like AI technology now is listening. And, um, you know, I now have, you know, a robot in my brain, like, (laughs) you know, that's auto. (laughs) That's just memorized my approach and it does it auto for me. But I think we're a little, a little ways off for that. And I think, um, you know, I think it's a fun idea and I think it can, you know, kind of serve a purpose, kind of like, you know, um, it's kind of like using drum, like stock drum loops, which you could, you could luck out and make a hit song, you know, out of stock, stock loops, you know, out of Logic, um, mm-hmm. you know, people have done that, but realistically, that's probably not your best chance of, yeah. you know, having a career and, and honestly having fun creating, like. I think that goes back to kind of what you were saying. Like, If you use Lander, you're not creating relationships with people. Um, and I mean, that's what, it,
1: that's what you're in music about. Like, yeah, th- music, that's the point music, of music is
0: still all about relationships. Um, that might be the most important thing you could do is build relationships with your producer, mix engineer, master engineer because everybody knows everybody. Um, and Lander doesn't know anyone. You can't have Lander build a career for you or relationships for you. Or get your music. And even if it's like people. an
1: inadvertent relationship, like on the last episode, you talking about your overstayer going down. Right. Then you find out how awesome the people at Overstayer oh, totally. are. Yep. And now y'all like are thinking about doing something together. Yeah. It's yeah. like it like even like the even the relationships that aren't even supposed to happen.
0: Right. Like, they're awesome. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, the more automated and virtual everything gets, um, you know, it'll just be interesting. I'm just curious about it all. Like, I'm not scared of it, and I'm not really concerned about losing my job um, anytime soon. And if there comes a time where everybody's like, auto is the way to go, then I'll just say, oh, cool, that's fine. Like, grateful for what I've gotten to do, and I'll, you know, I'll jump on board and fix the algorithm now. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I just I just think the auto-mastering thing is... is um, you know, it has a, it has a place, and that's fine. But I just, as of now, you know, I still I still don't think you're beating a real mastering engineer. And I would like to challenge everybody: if you think that auto mastering is better than a master engineer serves, you know, gets you a better end product, just try me or Matthew or anyone who masters on a regular basis. Like they will most likely, you know, destroy an auto master. Um, Blow your mind. Yeah, and that's always been. I've had I think four people send me a Lander thing who wanted like challenge me, and I've always won. And it's and beyond that, they quickly see the relational sh- side of it, where it's like I hear the mix, and I might go, "Hey, the low end's a little too much. You know, can we just back that down two dB or something?" And Lander's not going to do that. Like, yeah, they're not going to give you a mix critique um, to make it better. So. You know, one a lander or the automastering, you know, the services, like, you get unlimited revisions, you know. So, like, you upload your mix and it comes back, you don't like it, just go back and, you know, change something. Upload it again. Hopefully mm-hmm. it's closer. Upload it again. But you don't really even know. Like, if you don't even know.
1: And you're not learning anything by doing
0: that. Yeah, you're not learning anything and you don't still really know what you need to fix, you know, because yeah. it's just going to reread your track. <clears throat> It's not basing the new master off your last revision, you know. Mm -hmm. It's starting over, and it's going to use the same curves and you know compression and loudness as it would from scratch. Whereas with me, hold on, you know it's kind of funny. Yeah,
1: you know how, (laughs) you know how like on Landers' website they're like, oh, it's learning off of everything that you feed it. I know. But if you feed it shit, which is normally (laughs) what it gets fed, I know. See, then y'all. it's like it. That's that's what it learns, right? All the it ma- learns
0: junk. Yeah, I know. That's sorry I for cutting you off. No, and again. that's great. That's like <laughs> that's my whole beef with all those companies is like they're all marketing it as like it's getting smarter, it's getting better, it's getting smarter, it's learning, and it's like, yeah, what is it learning, and why hasn't it figured it out yet? Like <laughs> if it's done, like so, like I've mastered. You know who knows. You know, I'm in the thousands, thousands and thousands of songs, a couple thousand songs over the last few years. Maybe not even that many. That'd be a lot. But anyway, like, you know, Lander claims it's mastered, like, millions of songs. And then, so it's like, and it says it's learning, and it's learning, like, ten times faster. So, like, what what, what are you doing? Like, why haven't you beaten me <laughs> What's yet? taking you so long? You know, like, why I'm Why do you only, still suck? Yeah. It's like, well, whatever you're learning, like you should rewrite that code because that's not working yeah. for you guys. So I don't know, like, I don't want to sound bitter about it or, like, jealous or, like, a prick about it, but I just, I deeply care about people getting the best-in product, and I don't even care if you use me, like, use a master engineer who cares about your music and who's going to get exactly. you, you know, the best-in product. And if you want to use an auto-mastering service, just know that it's not going to take you all the way. Um to what you need for a proper release, and you may end up spending more time. You will spend up, end up spending more time um, on trying to get a proper release. And um, you know, time is money. So, like the amount of time you spend trying to figure out how Lander works, how the algorithm, algorithm, algorithm works, and you, got it. you know, words are hard. Um, <laughs> You know, all the time you spend doing that, and you're not you're not really learning, like you said. And it's kind of always a guessing game with Lander because it's not basing it off a, a previous version. Whereas with me, like when I work with a client for the second or third time, we're just like making a better end product each time. Realistically, you know, like the more we continue to work together, the better we all dial stuff in, and we all get better as we go along. Hopefully, um, if you're still learning and you know practicing. And all these auto mastering companies—they're not doing that, you know. So yeah. Um, so you know, those are my concerns with it. And I think you should use a mastering engineer for your music if you're trying to do it professionally and you care about your product um, and you want yeah. it to sound the best it can on all systems, you know, into your audience.
1: Yeah. So, so that's yeah. answering the question. The question: Should you master your own mixes? And yeah. As for me answering that question, I don't really see it beneficial. Yeah, for the same person to be listening for listening to like tracking and all the engineering, right. Right. Uh, doing the mixing, any other production work or anything else, and then uh, trying to take on mastering. It's like you've heard it yeah. too many times, right? <clears throat> it's like you're 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 too invested into it, and if nothing else, just hiring out a subjective set of ears. Oh yeah. to just sign off on it if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And it, it, and also if nothing else it's like it's like all the things that you'll get with that. And it's like I tell people it's like you know what for my rate you can pretty much request anything. Yeah. And like I will I will move mountains for anyone that I work for. Right. And it's like the only thing I want at the end of the day is for my client to absolutely be in love with what they have made. Absolutely. And, if, and I want them to be proud of it. Yeah. That's all I want. And if they go out there and they promote the ever-living crap out of it and because they are proud of it yeah. and they play the heck out and they're like, yo, go check out uh, our new album that we just released. It's like, and they're proud of it. Right. I mean, that's all you want. Oh, totally. It's like, I like I like being the the guy who has like, barely any credit on the album and it's like yeah good but like you have such a pivotal role of signing off on it and saying like this is perfect this right. is this is ready like go crush it yeah so yeah absolutely i mean, I mean th- that that might sound selfish a little bit but i think that you need a subjective set of ears to yeah. listen to what you've sunk your heart into right it's kind of like you have like a like a difficult problem and like you go to your parents or something be like, "Hey, am I a douche for this?" Or I was literally did I do this right
0: or no? About to use that type of example with like going to see a counselor. Like you could either yeah. keep your problem to yourself and like even like read a book, but there's nothing like going to a professional counselor if you have a you know an issue in your life and having like a real person interact and give you like contextually appropriate advice and unbiased advice. And even like reading a book, you know, can give you some direction, but that book is not understanding your body language. It's not in the room with you, you know. And that's that's how you know using a mastering engineer is like getting contextual. You know, it's hearing like I'm hearing your music how it's supposed to be heard, and I know mm-hmm. where it needs to go, and we're we're getting a great end product. And when you use auto mastering, you're just not getting that, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is right now. Um, and maybe one day auto-mastering will be awesome. I don't know. But as of now, it's it's just not that great yet. Not yet. It, at the most,
1: is just robot robot arms turning knobs. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of fun. Like, I want to go see that.
0: (laughs) I wonder how long that takes. I don't know. Because it's
1: not an instant thing.
0: No, it's not instant, and, uh, you know, I want to clarify. I've just read this on Facebook from people that on that mastering uh, comparison that someone said you know it's like a robotic arm that does the thing with analog gear So I wonder what the wait list is I don't know but I just think to have a robot touch my music yeah I think that's cool I, the one thing I did think that could be cool is if that like became a thing where you could hook up um, you know robotics to all your analog gear and then you could just control it all like on your iPad or something or on like a <laughs> app on your computer like that. Well, would essentially, be cool. you just have like servos in the pots. Yeah, that would be. Then you get is. into weird noise. Yeah, that probably. could be weird. But someone could figure that out, you know. So, I um I want someone to invent that. If you're listening, invent that, and I will buy it from you. <laughs> <laughs> I might still be on the fence.
1: <laughs> I want to get I want to get out of the box first. I want to turn knobs myself before yeah. I let a robot do it. Ah, there you go. So so awesome, well, cool, man. I think we uh I think we touched on just about anything. Um. I'm sure there will be a way... There's a way to comment on this podcast once yeah. it's posted. Yeah. Uh, if we missed anything and, or if you have a topic that you'd like to hear our opinion on or yes, want to get know. in contact with either of us, I'm sure that information will be... We'll say, like, click below for, for this, and in future seasons, <laughs> okay. we won't have to say that. We already know. Right. Yeah, go ahead and comment below. Right, right. Or something like that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um you have anything else, Sam, or are you pretty uh you kind of I, I exhaust feel yourself on this one you feel good on it
0: i feel good i feel like i got out a lot of uh a lot of things i needed to get out so this was uh this is my church for the week there
1: <laughs> there you go okay well cool so ending how we always end uh morning afternoon or night whatever you're having have a good one have a good sam, one roll everyone. the music roll the music sam
0: rolling